All right, everybody, welcome back to the Purple Friday podcast, uh, brought to you by Live from the Hammock. Um, you know, I did a we did we had our part two of our show last week, where it is interesting because it was a Thursday night game, so I just felt like it was important that we put in uh, when the podcast went out that the Ravens did win, did in fact win that football game, um, and uh, definitely the show was titled "Day and Night, Night and Day" for those who are not R and B fans. <laughs> Uh, uh, recognize that uh, the, the tagline there, but you know, um, guess you know, I got Travis's you know take on the game. Kind of wanted to get yours. You know, I mean, the title for the show sp- speaks for itself. I mean, we we saw a first half of football where you know it wasn't it wasn't a dominating game by the Buccaneers, but it was the fact that the the Ravens just couldn't seem to do anything. They had plenty of opportunities, uh, a couple of opportunities to get interceptions in the first half, didn't make those. Um, it, it was just you know it just it was one of those if they don't get this together in the first half somebody gonna get fired. I don't know what happened. You know, when Mark Andrews went down, I think with his shoulder issue, um, that kind of changed the scope of the game. And I, 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 something had to be said from I don't know from who, but something happened in halftime because that offense in the second half looked completely different. Um, and now I also want to people have been criticizing the Ravens saying, um, well, you know, the Buccaneers, their whole secondary was hurt and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, granted, but the Ravens number one receiver, the number one target in Mark Andrews was gone and their number one wide receiver was hurt as well. So I don't want to hear that mess about all oh, the Ravens were at full strength. No. Right now, the Ravens probably have one of the worst receiving cores in football. They're definitely ranked in the bottom somewhere in the bottom five. They're ranked right there. They don't have a solid receiving core out there. And with Andrews and Bateman were off the field, I think a lot of us thought, okay, they're going to have to just run this football and they're just going to find a way to win this football game. But the way the second half went, if they had done this in the first half, this game would have been a blowout. It wouldn't even been close. So I just kind of wanted to get your take. What did you, what do you think happened? And what, I guess, what do you think goes going forward? What does it look like this offense? Yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head, man. Just, as far as your uh, the, the title for last week, uh, <laughs> day and night, night and day, like that's exactly mm-hmm. what we saw in this Buccaneers game. Um, we we all kind of went into it uh, not really knowing what to expect. I think you guys might have had them. I think you guys had them losing. Um, yeah, the yeah, we had them. score predictions. I did have have us winning, um, and a lot of it had to do with you know. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty uncertain, but I did think that um, their injuries and everything, um, even though we had injuries, I still thought we were going to be better equipped to kind of go in there and steal a win. And, and you know, the Buccaneers, they've kind of been on kind of like a, a downward spiral um, for a few weeks before they came, you know, before we played them. So we had that going for us too. But, um, yeah, like that, that first half, was almost mind-boggling like the fact that Lamar Jackson threw the ball 30 some 30 times um in the first half you know my my theory is that someone in the halftime went went down there probably somebody who usually doesn't speak or someone that usually doesn't interfere and went in there and and almost put their foot up someone's rear end and they could because that game plan was completely uh, switched around in that second half and mm-hmm. that was an entirely different offense than what we've seen the majority of the year. I think Lamar might have only thrown the ball seven or eight times in that whole second half 
and it was it was it was very high percentage, um, very low risk um, pass attempts at that, and mm-hmm. we just kind of pretty much dominated them with the run the entire second half. Even the passes we threw were kind of like extensions of the run game. We were getting it out quick to Duvernay, getting it out quick to Likely, um, hit Likely a couple times downfield as well. Um, it was just a completely different uh, game plan, and this is the game plan that we've kind of been um, looking for them to come out the gate with. It, it almost looked like the Ravens in the first half was almost kind of experimenting with something that, you know, is just not our brand of football. Like, I don't know what the deal was, but Lamar Jackson throwing the ball 30 times in one half of football is not going to win us any games. So um, the fact that, um, you know, and we, we challenge the Ravens to this almost every week here on the show is to make adjustments. And for the first time um, that I can that I can remember, uh, we made complete adjustments in that second half of that football game. I mean, we came out in the second half and they completely did exactly what Raven football is about. And that was pretty much run that run the football. Um, they were gashing them with Gus, gashing them with, um, you know, King and Drake, bouncing on the outside. The defense was getting tired. We saw kind of glimpses of 2019 where we used to just run the defense down and their hands were on their knees. They were hanging low, trying to guess, catch breath. Um, catch the mayor and all of that. Like it, it was just a, a beautiful thing to see. Um, the way we, the way we used Duvernay in that second half as well. Um, you know, getting him some quick, quick, quick passes to the sideline and him getting up the field for first downs. Doing what Duvernay does every week if he just gets the ball in his hands the appropriate amount of times every game. Um, all of that stuff looked great to me. So, I, like I said, in the first half we saw a lot of what we've been seeing all year. Um, a whole bunch of just. Um, nonsensical play calling um, the scheme was just made no sense we weren't really taking advantage of anything we just kind of looked out of sorts out there and then in the second half we were kind of playing the brand of football what we've been begging them to play so I think it was a definitely a, a, a great way to, to close out that football game with kind of how we you know kind of how we played uh, we did get a little scared with Gus Edwards so I was kind of afraid with that but it looks like we kind of dodged the bullet with that one um, and yeah, I, I just think that we did what we had to do with Andrews going down. It kind of opened things up for everyone. Um, it forced Lamar Jackson to kind of trust and lean on his other um, his other uh, players and was able to kind of distribute the ball um, where it's needed. And the fact that we were running the ball so well, um, our options were just open and the defense just kind of had to respect it. And, you know, um, the score was a lot closer than what the game actually indicated. I feel like we were pretty much in control for the most part of that football mm-hmm. game, especially starting in the second half and everything. Um, the score was not as, you know, indicative as to what actually happened in that game because um, we pretty much dominated them um, from the second and a half, third quarter on. And uh, not to mention, um, you know, it, it was a great win and taking nothing away from the Ravens. But, you know, that Buccaneers team is – you know they're they're they they're in trouble. I mean their offensive line is is terrible. Um, the fact that we could we, we were able to get that much pressure um, on that line, you know, tells you how bad they were. It's not. I don't think we did anything differently on our D line. I just think that their offensive line was that bad, to be honest. And 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 I actually expected them to get um, a little bit more pressure than what we got. But you know they had uh, agent Tom Brady back there. He couldn't really move around. We were forcing him out of the pocket, and that was pretty much the recipe to winning that game. And we pretty much did that all night. So, um, still hats off to the defense uh, for for doing what they had to do. 
Um, nice game from Kyle Hamilton. Nice game from Justin Houston, of course. Um, yeah, and Patrick Queen, he, you know, he played decent as well. So, you know, for, you know, considering, you know, all of the injuries and everything, the, the, the guys fared well in that game and, um, you know, just happy to get out of there with a win. And, you know, it's still an away game and a, a win is a win and, and I'll take it. And I, and I just love the way they closed it. Hated the way it started, love the way it closed. And, um, you know, when you say we're talking about they weren't taking advantage of matchups, I mean, they had that rookie cornerback over there for the Buccaneers. Um, they had that one play, I think, in the first half to DuVernay. Um, and, I mean, they were saying that the guys that were calling the game uh, for, I guess, Amazon and for uh, what was Kirk Herbstreet and Al, and, and Al Michaels were um, saying, that, you know, like, they, they, like, I don't know why the Ravens aren't taking advantage of this guy right now. Like, the last... Not not even just the, our game, but the game before. I think where they played the, uh, I think it was the Panthers, um, Panthers or the Bears. Um, they took advantage of him all game, and we saw one pass go to Duvernay down the sideline against that cornerback, and didn't really see it for the. I mean, until I guess like the third or fourth quarter. Um, I know you remember. I think after the Ravens go three and out on their first possession, but then we punt the ball. Um, shout out to I think it was Justice Hill made a heads up play by pushing the Buccaneer player into the um, guy, yeah. into the football, basically pushing him. And so it hits his helmet and the Ravens get the ball on the, the, it looks, I think I'm looking here. They had the ball on the, it was the inside the 10, I thought the 10 yard line. Yeah. They had it on their 10 somewhere around there. They had Baltimore yeah. 21. They had, no, is that right? My bad. Hold on. Here we go. Okay, yeah, they had the. They started with the uh, ball in the Tampa Bay six yard line, the six, yeah. six yard line. So they had Lamar Jackson. He he got sacked on the first play. Second play is a pass to to Prochet, and then on third and four, they throw another incomplete pass to Mark Andrews. That was Troby. That was in front of the end zone, but the linebacker was right there and knocked it down. Again, right? So. I know, again, they did well in the second half, but here we go. It was a second week in a row, right? The Ravens' special teams gives them excellent field position, right, yep. in the red zone. And they don't run the football again. Mm. Like, I don't – I'm trying to – are they trying to fit a narrative in there where Lamar is complaining about not throwing the ball enough? We saw it in the first half, right, 30, 30 attempt, pass attempts in the first half that he had. Yeah, and we yep. like it, it, it sounded like they were overcompensating. Like it's like when a it's like when you're angry at your at your girlfriend, right? And she says you don't buy enough flowers for me, right? And so instead of buying a, just a dozen roses, you buy sixty five, right? <laughs> like you mm -hmm. go overboard to try to compensate for the last few times you didn't do so. When a dozen would have sufficed over time, if you just bought a roses every couple weeks or so like that, right? You don't have to get 65, whatever, 80 roses right now. That's not, now you're just <laughs> going overboard. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's what, the, what I was watching in that first half was like, why are they throwing the ball so much? Right? Like you're throwing the ball, you're, you're throwing the ball way too much in a sense that, you know, you know, Lamar, like Joe Flacco was before him, is not a volume thrower. When you look at the 2019 stats for, for Lamar Jackson, his best games are when he only threw the ball maybe 25 times the whole game. But mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of his throws were either out of play action. They were um, slant routes, stuff like that, or like low, per high percentage as far as 
um, as, uh, percentage of catching the football and guys making plays uh, on that on that throw. That's where Lamar made his bread last year. It wasn't on the deep. He had, a, yes, the occasional deep throw every now and then when if there was a single high safety look and stuff like that. But he wasn't just slinging the ball over the field. That's not Lamar Jackson. Um, and I think we we as fans need to also get it out of, get it out of our heads that just because a quarterback can throw 45 times a football game doesn't mean that he should. I think if the game plan did dictate to that, then yeah, you can go ahead and throw the football because if, that, if that's what they're giving you. But Lamar, during that game, even with the secondary being banged up that the Buccaneers had, were still covering fairly well. The receivers for the, the Raiders were not getting open. They were still doing these long, complicated routes. Um, there was one there was one scene, I think, in the first quarter. Lamar's going back, and all the routes are going to the outside. There's nobody in the middle of the field except the linebackers. No one crossing, crossing the middle, doing a, a seam route or something up the middle. No one. No one's doing anything. Everything is on the outside, forcing Lamar. And then, then it's like you have a receiver at the 20 and then another guy behind him at the 25. So it's like Lamar's like, I don't know who to throw the football to. Like... <laughs> That everything is too congested. But like you said, when Andrews goes out and Bateman goes out, and look, there's there's been some speculation going on saying that it wasn't just Roman that was calling those plays in the second half, that maybe it may have been T. Martin or Keith Williams that may have gotten involved. Because we saw some stuff that we hadn't seen in a long time. We actually saw them spread mm-hmm. it out, right, in the second half. Like we saw Prochet mm-hmm. in the field. We saw yeah. uh, Duvernay on the field. We saw, I think, not Tylen Wallace. It was uh, we saw Demarcus Robinson on the field. They lined up Isaiah Likely. They actually took Ricard off the field yeah. for several play for several plays, mm-hmm. where it was just Lamar and maybe Gus Edwards back there, and Ricard wasn't in the slot, wasn't running in motion. <laughs> you know, um, it was actually looked way different. So, based on just seeing that, probably tells me somebody started having a say. And what was being called as far as the pass plays. Now, look, if you if that means T. Martin and Keith Williams drop the pass plays and Greg Roman drops the run plays, if that if that's the formula that needs to be what it is to go the rest of the season, I'm with it. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I'm, I'd be cool. The with way that too. again, like like you said, the way we saw that op- the offense operate, they scored 24 points in the second half. 24 yeah. points. If they do that the whole game, like like you like look, like I said earlier, if they do that the whole game, this game's not even close. This game's not even close if they do this the whole game, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Now we look at the stats. We look at the the box score here. We saw that how the the ball got spread around a lot more evenly. Uh, I, I wanted to mention also Lamar's quarterback rating going into the second half was like fifty. It was bad. It was terrible. It was it was bad. He finished the game at 104.9. I think it's yeah. one of his better quarterback rating games he's gotten all season since like the first three weeks. Um, we also saw, so we saw likely get six catches for 77 yards. He missed one target. He missed one and, and got his first touchdown. Hmm. I know, I know you saw that play where likely caught the ball. I think it was like a five yard, like look, it was an outplay. And he catches the ball, turns back inside, stiffs arms like two dudes along the way, and then gets like another 10, 15 yards. I was yeah. like, that's that was, that the was, likely we that saw was, in preseason. Yeah, that was, I was about to say, that's preseason likely right there. He was doing that all preseason long. And that that that's literally what I yelled at the, at the screen. I said, that, I said, there you go, preseason. 
Right. Because <laughs> he, he literally, I'm like, this is the Isaiah life we've been looking for. But, you know, you can't blame him. I mean, this was his first opportunity to be able to, like, get in some type of rhythm with Lamar. And that's exactly yeah. what it looked like. So yeah. once they got in the groove, you know, just because the opportunity presented itself with Andrews being out, man, likely was balling out. And, you know, it's almost as if he's kind of playing like the receiver position almost because he looks like a receiver out there half the time when he's catching the ball um, and, and making moves after the catch. So, you know, that that's, you know, that's one of those give and take things. You know, Andrews is the big bully tight end. You know, you can make a guy miss and he's, you know, he's inviting a contact and he's going to run through you. Now, Isaiah likely is more of like a finesse guy like he, you know he can catch it make you miss but he'll also throw a sniff arm at you so he, he's kind of like the total package as well and um yeah like I think Lamar really developed that trust with it it doesn't take long you know you know it doesn't take that many good games for you know for, for Lamar to, to 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 take notice and I think you know going forward I think that's a good thing especially with the uncertainty with Andrews you know coming in the next few games so Shout out to Isaiah yeah, I mean, for having a great game. Yeah, I mean, even also in that game, there was a, a couple of plays um, where Demarcus Robinson made things happen where there wasn't anything that had to happen. Like I think he Lamar throws like a little like a a quick a quick pass right to him at the line of scrimmage, and it looked like it was dead to rights. Literally, it was dead rights right there. And Demarcus Robinson makes a move to like the left or the right and gets a first down on that play. I remember that play, and yeah. I think it's just like I think you like you said it before. You said, I think, uh, several shows ago, maybe even last year, you got to start letting these guys make plays for Lamar and let, stop letting Lamar try to make plays for them, right? Where that's that's where the trust comes, where if Lamar, if I can throw you a three-yard pass or a five-yard pass, but then you turn it upfield for 2025, I'm going to keep giving you the football. Right. And I think with Andrews and Bateman going out, yeah, that sucked, but it was like it was like a gift and a curse at the same time. Right, it was a curse in the fact that I don't know our two two most reliable receivers for Lamar are out, but it forced Lamar like, well, now I gotta throw the ball around, mm-hmm. you know. But it also had to force the offensive coordinator to like, I gotta get out of my comfort zone here, and right. I'm gonna have to implement some new schemes and stuff that maybe we hadn't even. He had to blow off an old playbook from 2019 <laughs> that he had to use yeah. or something like that. I mean. Um, I guess because yeah, we saw spread formation, we haven't seen that all year. We've been seeing Ricard and Slot, and you know these bunch three tight end formations and stuff. There, everything's a heavy set, and we haven't really seen them with putting. Uh, and, in, and in some cases, they put Kenyon Drake out there on the slot too. They put they put all their weapons on the field, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're forcing a defense to have to make a choice. You can't you can't guard everybody, right? You get right. somebody's going to get open. Uh, it's just a matter of make that guy has to make that play. Like we saw, there was one play. I think Lamar throws it to Likely. I mean, he throws a bullet. Likely had to go up and snag that ball out of the sky. He had to snag it because yeah. Lamar that could have easily been anybody else. That could have easily been tipped or you know whatever gone through his hands. Like he snagged that thing. So I think him getting that touchdown, having the game that he had with uh, Mark Andrews out. That knocked the rust off for likely. I think he went into the season a little skittish. You know, it's, he's a rookie. You know, yeah. preseason is one thing because it's like it's not nothing counts right now. But now when the lights yeah. are on and the crowd and the stadium is full and you're on TV, like national yeah. TV, like Primetime it, game, can, yeah. it can get a little jarring for rookies, you know, getting on that light. It's one thing to be in college, you know, when you're playing at one o'clock or, you know, one noon on Saturday. That's one thing. But you're in the NFL and millions of people are watching you. You know, especially yeah. on primary on Thursday night football. And he showed up. He showed up yeah. when, when when the Ravens needed him to. And 
and I think we said it on this show. I think we said it's going to take likely a few weeks to, you know, really get in the football yeah. form. Very rarely do you expect any of these guys, you know, and the quarterback skill, skill position players, whatever, to be what they were in college right out of the gate. There's going to be some bumps and bruises. You know, there's going to be, they have to figure out some things like that. And like you said, when Mark Andrews on the field and then put him Ricard on the field, it kind of let yeah. the odd man out being Isaiah Likely, right? Yeah, and they put, they would put Josh, Josh Oliver on the field to be blocking as well. And Likely doesn't really block. But now, now that Stanley seems to be 100% healthy, he seems to be, he's getting, he seems to be getting better each week. He's been, he looks like he's pretty good in that knee right now. Um, yeah. Tyler Lindenbaum is starting to starting to get in the, get into the groove now. There was that one play where he had Devin White or somebody, and he pushed that man twenty five yards into the yeah. into the secondary. I was like, man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lindenbaum it looks like he's paying dividends right now. I'll, I'll say that they yeah. they are looking good. I'm I'm not complaining. No complaints here from them. And all tight ends are looking good too. All three, you know, Andrews obviously is Andrews likely. You know, with the opportunity, you see what he can do, and even Josh Oliver. It's not like we use him a lot, but he yeah. doesn't drop the pass. I don't think. Like no. anything time we do use him or need him, you know, he he comes up big as well. So, you know, and those what, are what, some positives. And what I like about Likely though is that he runs when he gets the ball in his hands. He runs like a wide receiver. Like he yeah. runs like a wide receiver. Yeah, like Andrews is just Andrews is just big, right? Andrews catches the ball and he can barrel through guys. He looks like a, like Todd Heat used to do. Like he's like a mm-hmm. a bigger version of Todd Heat. But Isaiah likely looks like just like he 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 looks like what Antonio, Antonio Gates used to be when he was at the San Diego Chargers. And Antonio Gates, when he was like in his prime, was that kind of tight end. Like he caught the ball, he could stiff arm dudes, he could shake guys, get it, move upfield. Like Isaiah likely, now that he's had that game under his belt, is probably like, all right, I I can do this. I can yeah. do this, man. Like I, this isn't. I know preseason wants the one thing, but this is my first real game action as far as being like a target target. He, I think he had the most targets next to uh, Demarcus Robinson in that game. So that, like, like yeah, you said, that shows you right there that as the game progressed, Lamar was trusting him a lot more. Right. You know? He got like 77 yards in that game too. So yeah. like, I mean, yeah. you know, high volume. Um, very, I, I don't remember seeing him drop a pass. And no. He just, and he, he found him in the back of the end zone too. Right? Yeah. He found him in the like, back of the end zone. Great catch. And the stuff he does with his hand, like you can tell he has good hands. Like you can just see when, for some reason, when he catches the ball, it just seems like so soft. Like it's just, right, you know I mean? right. He catches it. It's like a. I don't. I don't even know. It's just so smooth. Yeah, it's like it's guiding into his hands, right? right? It's kind of right. guiding. Even, yeah. even with the onside <laughs> kick that he recovered, I'm like the ball is like just like magnetized to his hand. It just went straight to him, and you know he went up. Yeah. He went and got. He went and got that ball. It didn't just come straight to yeah. him. Like he, the ball came. He reached his hands out. Caught it with. I, I don't. You don't see onside kicks recovered just by the, their hands. They're usually using their bodies to to, right, to right. guard the ball, and a lot of times that's what causes it to just bounce off. Isaiah like mm-hmm. went out with his hands and does what he does when he's on offense. He just caught yeah. the ball with his hands. And I thought that was awesome. I think we were we definitely have been waiting to see. We saw in preseason what this tandem could look like together. The question is now if you know Andrews. You know we haven't heard really anything about Andrews' shoulder issue. What could be a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. We haven't heard. He hasn't. He hasn't. He's not. A, he hasn't appeared on the injury report. So I'm assuming he's okay. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I would, did hear. I did hear the reporter today. Um, they didn't say anything, but they were asking Harbaugh a question. They were saying with the uncertainty of Andrews this week, 
in, in the coming weeks. And I, they didn't address it, but he was asking a fully different question. Um, they just asked him about, you know, likely or whatever. And, but the question I, I thought was kind of telling, he said, with, with Andrews, you know, his, with his availability, you know, in question for the next for the next couple of weeks. And I don't remember hearing anything about it, but that's how he led this question. So definitely something to look out for. I'm not sure. It, it seems like they're keeping it under wraps. They, they haven't mentioned anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he just came out, you know, he announced the, the Rashad Bateman thing and the, they've been kind of quiet on Andrew. So I haven't heard anything. I mean, he said something early in the week saying it was a nagging thing, but today I just thought it was weird that he didn't address Andrews at all. Yeah, yeah. So usually when Harbaugh doesn't talk about injuries, <laughs> it could be a little bit more long term than they expected. Um, yeah. But you know, before we move on to, I guess, the news of the week and stuff, um, mm-hmm. uh, like you just wanted to say about the defense, um, I, I really do think that Mike McDonald seems to be, and that defense, the guys in that defense seem to be meshing, have been meshing a lot better with what mm-hmm. the expectations are, what guys can act, schemes guys can actually play. Um, because we saw even in that game, I think earlier in the game, Chris Godwin was getting a lot of catches. And then Mike and McDonald made an adjustment, putting Marlon Humphrey on him instead of Peters. Uh, he moved he moved Marlon around a lot during that game based on who was getting hot. And Marlon did a good job of pretty much shutting that guy down when he was the hot guy. Um, mm-hmm. Peters, you know, was grabbing and Mike. That was that one play, I think, of Mike Evans. He was he got beat on my by Mike, Mike Evans like at least cup two times. And you know, it's, it's very clear that Marcus Peters may be this. this I think he's, this is his last year of his deal. Yeah, I yeah. think this might be it for Mark. I think this might be him for Peters. This might be it for him. Um, yeah. But I will say, I think I do think that I would love to see what Mike McDonald's defense looks like when Ajabo and Tyus Bowser get back. I would love to see what this looks like because yeah. they've they've gotten better at getting pressure. You know, with Justin Houston, has been like a fountain of youth. With how yeah. they've been using him, they've been using him on really just like strictly on certain pass plays and stuff like that to rush. And with the snap counts and percentages he's been using, it's been very effective, very mm-hmm. effective. And I, I get, I get, gotta give credit to Mike McDonald being able. We have, we've at least seen him make adjustments during the yeah. game. Not wait till halftime. Not wait till after the game and say I'm going to write that down and do it later. You know, we've actually seen him make adjustments during the game. Right. If guys yeah. aren't succeeding in that in that position, he's switching guys around just to find out, just make sure, let's see if this works. You know, at least he's working with things. So I would love to see, you know, the rest of this season and next year, if they get an edge rusher, a solid edge rusher, if, if a job will be that guy, and maybe some more, some uh, guy, if Peters leaves, some more secondary help. You know, like yeah. I would love to see what the defense really looks like with Mike McDonald. He's, he's, I had some issues with him. I think we all did in the first few weeks. We all did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last few weeks, he's been holding teams to around 20 points for the last four yeah. games. And the yeah, NFL today, you can't, you can't, you can't expect more from your defense than that. You're holding the 20 points. You should be able to win that football game. Yeah. I mean, so, um, moving on, I guess, to the, the news this week. So we, we all, we, We'll go from the chronological order here. Uh, the Ravens trade for Roquan Smith. Um, get for a second rounder and a fourth rounder to get him in Baltimore. Roquan, we saw him last week crying over the fact that Quinn got traded <laughs> um, and to the Eagles. And we all know why he was crying because he wasn't the one that was being traded. 
Um, <laughs> she gets traded to Baltimore. I think uh, there have been some people that have, you know, criticized it by saying we needed a wide receiver, we needed a cornerback. Um, I, I love the, I like the pick in the sense that the, the we've we've been looking at this linebacker core for the Ravens since last season. It has not lived up to the expectations we've expected it to. Roquan Smith immediately makes a weakness a strength all of a sudden because now it allows Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen to do other things. Roquan Smith is like I think still leading. He's leading the league in tackles this year already. They showed the clip I think of uh, Patrick Queen. They had him ironically had him mic'd up during I think the Buccaneers game. And he, they were taught already had Pete Queen was talking about Roquan already having 78 tackles this season. Um, yeah. And they said like Roquan is excellent in coverage. Um, he's only 25 years old. Like he's, he's the, he's the guy the Ravens wanted Queen to be. That's mm-hmm. exactly what what they expected Queen to be. And some people have been saying, well, this is the Ravens admitting that they missed on the Queen pick. And I'm like, yeah. That happens when you draft. It's it's a it's a gamble. It's a gamble when you draft. You don't know how guys are going to turn out. You know when you get when you draft guys in the first round, there's less less a less likelihood that they're going to turn out to be a bust. But it's always yeah. still again, it's always still a chance that they're going to turn out to be the guy you thought they were. It happens to every team. But I'd rather the team if they have an opportunity to upgrade at that position with the guy that they know they what they know is proven. Go get him, and that's what the Ravens did. I'm right. I'm perfectly fine with an organization admitting that they missed on a guy in the first round. They missed on, him. but then go out and remake and remedy the mistake, okay, and get a guy. Now I don't want them sitting back saying we're going to stick with our guy through thick and thin because we drafted him. No, go out and get the guy, and they got Roquan Smith. What's right. your What's your opinion on the the trade? Um, me personally, I love the trade actually. Um, and we actually will we give him a second and a fifth. So yeah, and AJ Klein, I think AJ Klein. Yep, yeah, yep, and AJ Klein, which you know I'm absolutely fine with giving up AJ Klein. I mean, it saves us a roster spot, you know, <laughs> and also on top of that, you know, we haven't seen him since you know he created that penalty on special teams the other night. So you know, I, I we don't really know what we were going to get out of him. Um, he played okay, so I'm, I'm definitely okay with giving up that. I'm definitely okay with giving up the fifth. A lot of people were questioning that we included, you know, that we got him for the second round pick. But to me, you know, to be honest, it for Roquan, Roquan's worth uh, a second round pick. I'm, I'm surprised mm-hmm. he didn't go to a, another team for a first. I know we weren't yeah. going to give up a first for him, but you know, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm sure they were seeking out first round picks um, the first time these trade rumors came out, and just probably just you know, it, it was a, unsuccessful. A team probably didn't have as big as a need. Um, but like you said, that, uh, it was, linebacker was a huge need for us even before the. During the draft, we thought, you know, we were going to kind of rectify that position, and we didn't. And we ended up just rocking out with Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen kind of struggled in the beginning, and then we were using Josh Bynes. And Josh Bynes, you know, you know, filled the role as best as he could. But he wasn't going to, you know, Josh Bynes is 80 years old. So he's on his way out the door right. as well. <laughs> so so right. long term, that wasn't going to do us any good anyway. Um, Patrick Queen has been playing a lot better, but, you know, Sometimes it's, you know, it, it might be, you know, just a little bit too late. I do think that for this season in the short term, it's going to, you know, it's going to be great for Patrick Queen. Um, I don't see us picking up his, you know, his fifth year option or whatever um, after this. 
because I, I don't look at this Roquan trade as like a rental situation. I think the Ravens are looking to keep him around for a long period of time. So um, for them to be giving up, you know, as much as we like the hoard draft picks and for them to give up a second um, in that in that equation to, to get Roquan, I think they obviously probably have had a conversation with him and intend on extending um, his contract to, to, to make him a Raven um, long term. So, you know, that, that might mean a few things. I think, you know, obviously, you know, PQ, he he might be gone. Um, mm-hmm. It could could be it could be see you later to Chuck Clark. I mean, I know he doesn't play linebacker, but you know, something's gonna have to give um, signing him to an extension. But you know, just as far as just the trade in general, I love it. I mean, a lot of people were screaming for a receiver, but you know, we also didn't know that we were gonna be without Pat uh, Rashad Bateman for the rest of the year. Yeah, ironically, found that out. Uh, today, the day after the draft, it would have been a little bit more convenient if maybe if we found that out before. But maybe if they found it out before, they don't make this blockbuster trade and get Roquan. So, you know, there's a few different ways you can look at it. But I love it. Um, it addresses a definite need. It's going to shore up, uh, I think, that defense for the most part. I still do think, you know, we needed some pass rush. I was surprised we didn't go after, like, Chubb or Quinn or anyone like that. Um, but I'm, I'm good with the Roquan Smith trade, man. I'm, he, he's a, like you said, he's great in coverage. He's He's solid, you know, find the ball, hit hit the ball, hit the guy with the ball. Like, he, he's just straight to it. And he's a good blitzing linebacker as well. Um, you know, lead the league in tackles. You know, probably the most tackles. They said, I think, outside of Bob, Bobby Wagner or something the last two seasons. So, I'm, I'm completely good. I mean, this is a perfect Ravens move. Um, I'm surprised we pulled the trigger on this in this move. And I'm not going to complain because... You know, we're, what we've been accustomed to is the inaction of the Baltimore Ravens. And anytime they make a move like this, um, I'm I'm going to applaud it. I'm absolutely cool with this, just like I was cool with the Marcus Williams signing in the offseason. So, yeah, that's like you mentioned, like Marcus Williams will be back at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I would love to see him and Roquan together. Like somebody put a picture, somebody put a picture out there of, Ro, of Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. I'm like, let's hold our horses right now, okay? Like <laughs> let's, let's chill, let's chill out. You know, like yeah. both of those guys are, I think, both in like 26, 25 years old. It's like got a lot of years left in them, but they ain't, mm-hmm. they ain't, they ain't Ray and Ray and Ed. You know, they, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's hold our horses. Now, what I will, what I do like about Roquan is because he's really good in coverage at the middle linebacking position which I think mm-hmm. was going to be extremely helpful to a guy like Kyle Hamilton because if they're expecting him to play this box safety role, right, where he's going to mm-hmm. be playing the middle of the field, who better than telling the Roquan Smith right now? That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Roquan Smith has been really good. I mean, I, I was watching some of the highlights just from uh, previous seasons he's had with the Bears. And, I mean, he's he's sitting there making interceptions. He's sitting there in the box reading the quarterback's eyes. Like, who's better right now? Chuck Clark can't really teach him that. He's not that – Chuck Clark's not that guy. Roquan can teach him that coverage aspect of what to, to read the middle of the field, right? Right. Who better? I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see the maturation of Kyle Hamilton during the rest of these the, the, the next over several weeks with Roquan now in the mix in the middle of the field. Let's see the maturation yeah. name. Um, yeah, I think it makes I a lot think, of those guys better. I think yeah. it's gonna make a lot of those guys better, and 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 even with the you know. I think he's going to get the green dot at some point too. Once he gets yeah, his right. That, that's right. That's, that's, that's I think going to be the big lot. change. Right? They're going to change the green dot to Roquan instead of Chuck, which that yeah. what it needs to happen. You know, he needs yeah. to be calling calling those formations 
and stuff out. And what, what I like about the trade is that, you know, we've been so accustomed to the Ravens now picking up guys and need a few weeks to get to a, get accustomed to, you know, training, not training, but uh, practice and get on the field. It takes a few weeks. He's been playing all season. So he yeah. can go right into all he's got. He just got to He knows what the basic packages and stuff like that. Right. He knows he's a middle linebacker. He knows all that stuff. So yeah. now he, I expect him to play Monday night. Like he's going to be there Monday night. Yeah, like he's, he's playing. Yeah, immediately. He's yeah. So, um, yeah. So, like you mentioned Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb, of course, got traded to the Miami Dolphins. Um, immediately gets signed to a massive extension worth 115 with a 110 million dollars. So you already knew the Ravens are going to weren't going to pick that up. <laughs> you already knew that yeah. wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah. The, so the question has now popped up with Roquan. He's on the last year of his deal that was from the Bears. Lamar is on the last year of his deal with the Ravens. Yeah. What happens now? Because you you can only get really give one of them the tag. You're gonna have to sign one of them. You're, you're either gonna have to sign both of them to a massive extensions, or one gets the tag, one gets the extension. What well, do you think? A lot of a lot of fans have said that, that it, they've gotten a little optimistic about a deal getting done with Lamar because now you don't trade for the Ravens like you said. The Ravens like hoarding their picks, right? You don't trade draft capital for a guy that's only going to play for eight weeks like yeah you, the expectation is he's going to be here long term yeah but that at least with the expectation on if it would be cheaper for you to put a middle linebacker on a tag than it would be put quarterback on a tag absolutely yeah i mean yeah i mean and, and you said it i mean the ravens you know they, you know the ravens are going to penny pitch so if they're going to penny pinch, you know, the, the logical solution would be to put Roquan on the tag. It's going to be a lot cheaper to tag an inside linebacker than it is going to be to to, to to tag Lamar, as you said. But at the same time, you know, did, did, did Roquan come here to get tagged? Like, I mean, right, right. You know, he just he just kind of held in, quote unquote, in uh, Chicago. So. We don't want a situation where you know it's coming. He's coming off his first year, and then now we got to tag him. Especially, you know, with all of these games. How many games we got left? Seven or eight games, or something like we that. Got then we got one, you know, possible playoffs and things like that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. nine games left. Yeah, nine. The, the expectation is that he's going to ball out the rest of the, yeah. the rest of the season. So yeah. you know, I, I just I'm just not sure what kind of message he's going to send to him when you know he gets traded. He he does what he comes here to do. And, you know, he lives up to whatever these expectations are. And then we go ahead and turn around and slap a tag on him. Now, I do know, you know, he came here probably knowing the situation. I don't know what conversation that they might have had um, regarding that. But I just can't see the conversation going, you know, we might tag you at the end of the season. I, I just I just can't mm-hmm. can't see that happening. And. And he's also a player who represents himself. Ro- Roquan doesn't have an agent, just like Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. Oh, what's the, what's the chances even... that the Ravens get yeah. two players, yep. two players yep. on the end of their deal that not, both don't have agents? Like, does on. not have an agent exactly. <laughs> so he, he's kind of in, and they asked him about that, you know, during his his introductory press or whatever at his first practice, and you know, he was all about it. He's saying, you know, it's a new day and. You know, I like being a part of those discussions. I like, you know, I don't, you know, he just wants to eliminate the middleman and he just wants to, you know, hear from the horse's mouth. And he, that's just how he prefers it. And, you know, Lamar's the same way. I mean, obviously he has financial advisors and things like that, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I mean, so that that's why, I'm, you know, the, the trade 
you know, I, I love the trade. I'm just super duper intrigued on how um, they expect to get both of these deals done. Because I mean, even after they sign them, they're not done. I mean, they have other 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 things to, to get done. Um, the the good thing is that it's not impossible to get both of these guys signed. I mean, with these type of contracts, a lot of it is kind of backloaded as far as the big the big dollars. So it's not impossible to get them both signed. They're just going to have to be mathematicians and figure it out. I mean, maybe in that first year, first couple of year of the deal, you know, Lamar may get this amount, you know, that, that might be comparable for the amount that Roquan's getting in the first year or, or vice versa, whatever the case may be. They're going to have to figure that part of the the deal out but especially if we if we sign Lamar long term there should be wiggle room in that deal where we can you know it won't break the bank at least going into next season um and the same thing with Roquan so you know I, there, there are options there it's just that you know we don't know yet because we have so many games left we don't know how this thing's gonna play out Roquan could finish out the season you know he has enough games to still get defensive player of the year or something like that. I'm not saying he will, but I'm just saying he has enough weeks left in the schedule for him to to earn way more than we might be willing to offer is what I'm saying. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think I think we have to get the deal done um, on both of these guys. And, and if we tag one, uh, we just got to hope for the best because I don't really see a... Uh, I, I don't see a positive outcome out of tagging either one of them. I'll say that. I just don't see how it'll have. Even though we might have to do that, I just don't see like a, a peaceful uh, resolution after tagging one of those guys, especially after tagging Lamar. Um, yeah. So we're, we're just one of those things. We're just going to have to wait and see. And I think the season, for the most part, is just going to dictate what the Ravens are going to have to do. Yeah. I think that and you're right. I think this situation because now you have like I said like I said you have two players now that don't have agents or look are gonna be looking for significant deals in the coming months and like you said I mean Roquan Smith I mean has been a second team all pro uh the last two years he's been in the league and has been regarded as one of the better middle linebackers in the NFL um and you know with coming to Baltimore because of playing in Baltimore with the history that the Ravens have at middle linebacker, you know, with, with, with a guy, with a, you know, a guy named Ray, you know, <laughs> you know, um, that's going to even put more eyes on Roquan now. He's not playing for the lowly Bears anymore. He's playing for that vaunted historical defense known as the Ravens and playing middle linebacker there. Um, so that's going to, again, put more eyes on him. And they like say he has a chance to ball out. Yeah. And, I, I kind of expect him to make an immediate impact like Marcus Williams did in the first, what, three games of the season for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Marcus Williams got interceptions, I think, almost every game he played until he got hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think that Roquan's going to make an immediate impact on that Ravens defense when he gets there. So I think, like, the good thing is, I think, hindsight, looking looking forward, you the Ravens, the Costa and them have to get something done, right? You don't want to let both of these guys walk out the door. Like yeah. if Roquan balls out and Lamar balls out, that we expect him to. Um, you don't want both of these guys to walk out the door or be upset, be angry going into twenty twenty three. Like they you want to have this. these deals done, you want to have these done and let the season play out the way it needs to play out. But you don't want these hanging over a tag or anything else hanging over any, either of them's heads. 
going into 2023. If EDC botches this in any type of way, he might as well walk out the door right behind him. I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Just walk out. Just walk out, man. You already know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> so, um, oh, man. Um, we'll cover our other few games real quick. I just, did, I wanted, did you get a chance to watch the London game? The Broncos and yeah. the um, the uh, Jaguars. Jaguars. I did watch that game. Yeah, I did watch that. That was actually a pretty good game. Towards the end, right? The second half Towards was actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah. First half, half was trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. First half was trash. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah. the, the Broncos pulled it out. You know, Mister Unlimited himself, Russell Wilson. Um, you know, won the game. They got the game. Uh, I'll say this for the Jaguar side: Travis Etienne looks like he's getting better each week. Oh my gosh, I hate that he's there. I, I, yeah, you know, I do. You know? <laughs> I mean, it, I guess good for him because I mean, at this point, he's just kind of like he's auditioning to wherever the hell he's going to be next. But he looks yeah. great out there. Yeah, he's looking good. The rest of his team. Because yeah. Trevor, uh, Trevor, what's, his, what's the, what's the Lawrence, name? Trevor Lawrence, yeah, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> oh my, God. I was about to say Trevor Simeon, uh, Trevor Lawrence. He, you know, night and day. Just <laughs> this is just night and day for him. He, he, he hasn't, he hasn't shown that game yet, right? He hasn't shown that game yeah. where it's like looks like he's getting a hang of this, and it's like he still yeah. looks like he's he, an average he, quarterback. He made, he made a lot of mistakes in London, um, in yeah. that game. And, through a pick in the red like, zone. Through the pick in the yeah. end zone, man. Through yeah. pick in the end zone. Can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. Very up and down. Very up and down game from him. But like you said, man, that, that that's really what I was watching the whole game. I mean, I was watching Russell just to see how he kind of tries to bounce back from the performances he's been having. But watching ETN, I was just like, man, like, I just be thinking, like, if we had him, like, and not that we're starving at running back right now, but you know, he he'd be an asset to whatever he goes. Oh man, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Um, yeah. uh, another game was the Falcons Panthers game. I think we were we were talking about this on the chat uh, at the DJ end of the so DJ Moore mm-hmm. gets catches the touchdown, but it was what a minute left in the game or something like that, and game, he game takes winning. his helmet off, throws his helmet, gets penalized. The kicker misses a 43-yard field goal. They get an interception in overtime that puts him in the red zone to, to win the game. The kicker still misses the field goal. Yeah. And Falcons end up winning. I, I, I don't blame the kicker at all, man. I mean, I blame the kicker, obviously. The kicker gets part of that blame. Yeah, but you get paid to do that. Moore cannot do that. You can't, like, right? No the situation. I don't, I don't care that this is your first year. He's a rookie, right? Which one? Is he a rookie DJ Moore? Oh, no. DJ Moore been in the league for a minute. <laughs> oh, for a few years. You can't do that in that situation. Like, that that's inexcusable, man. Like, you're not Stephon Diggs. You're not Stephon Diggs yet. And right, right. he knew the situation. That was the overtime game-winning touchdown. It, it, he couldn't have messed up after that. Like, that, that was it. You're literally in... The official game of play like it's a tie game now the extra point has to be kicked you do not know how much more difficult that the, the extra point is right when when it gets pushed back that far like that's not an easy kick that's almost a 50 yarder damn near so he he just 15 extra yards on top of an extra point that just blew the game for them and kind of when it happened i just knew 
I already knew. Like it was just it was just kind of set up that way. I'm like, wow, he really threw his helmet off. And and what pissed me off even more is that he had teammates that were celebrating with him, not yeah. trying to keep him from doing that. So to me, so, all the all the other blame. There was one player I saw that was right behind him when he was getting ready to take his helmet off, was trying to grab him. And like, yeah, but but don't. I thought I, I, saw, I saw that I saw that, but that same player is once the helmet came off, he didn't like tried to tell him to put it back on either. He just started celebrating with him again. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, man, like, yeah, y'all got y'all got to do better than that. And, yeah. and the refs have been pretty lenient. I I saw what happened. He took the helmet off. The ref stood there for a second to see if he was going to put it back on. Put it back on, right? And he didn't. He just left it off. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> at this point yeah. you, you guys do not have Justin Tucker on your team unfortunately and yeah. you just gotta under, you just gotta know that when you when you do stupid things like that especially when the game is not even won yet yeah so, you know great great amazing catch catching on two people for a game winning touchdown that wasn't a game winning touchdown but you got to do better that, that that's probably gonna be yeah. on yeah. Uh, number one come on man for uh, Monday Night Football this week I'm sure yeah <laughs> um Cowboys Bears has is Zeke has Zeke Elliott yeah. lost his job? Because Tony Pollard was out there. Just I mean, listen, Tony Tony Pollard has been this good the entire time. Yeah, uh, I just I hate to say it. Um, he should be starting on somebody's football team. But yeah. I will say, you know, it is a privilege still playing playing with Zeke because even though Zeke doesn't show those flashes, he does get that defense pretty tired. Um, when he's going against defenses, he does wear them down a lot. And Tony Pollard just comes in and kind of just knifes them up. So. It's kind of a benefit playing next to Zeke, even though Zeke isn't having like you know the greatest year, but he's been playing okay. But yeah, man, they, they I'm, you know, that that might be something to look at. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, I don't know what his contract situation is, but maybe he requests a trade next year or something. But yeah. he could definitely start for somebody. Yeah. Um, Eagles beat the Steelers, thirty-five, um, thirteen. Well, yeah. I watched. I watched a part of that game. Um, AJ Brown is a grown ass man. That's a aggressive grown yeah. ass man, right? There, yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. that one touchdown, a thirty-eight yard touchdown. That two Steeler defenders were on, like literally on top of him, and he just yeah. goes and catches the ball. They bounce off of him. He's sitting there counting them one, two, two. Like, yep. Yeah, that's, that, that's, and that's a penalty I'm not mad at because I'm I'll not. I take that. Right. Like, hey, I'll take that. We're destroying y'all. We're going to continue to destroy y'all. And he did. Oh, and by the way, he did, he it, did it again. Yeah. So, yeah. So he had three of those. So like, you know, at that, at the, after the third one, I would have started counting. I would have started counting players too. So you know, that is what it is. And once again, I just hate always tying stuff back to the Ravens. But just, I just, I just, just another receiver that was available that we could have went. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yep. Just Ravens could have traded a first rounder for him. They could have gotten a first rounder yeah. for him. Yeah, if he played defense, maybe we would have went and got him, but yeah. unfortunately, he doesn't. Uh, all right, Steelers, it's, it's done, right? Steelers are done this year. Like it's it's a wrap. I had to think. It, it, yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers are done. Um, I just hate saying they're done before we play them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not December eleventh yet, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't played them one time this year, and you know. Who knows? By the time we play, TJ Watt's probably going to be back. I don't know if they're yeah. going to shut him down for the rest of the year, but his, his uh, injured reserve time period is coming to an end. So I think they're going to activate him soon, actually, in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're done, I think, in terms of, you know, winning a division. I don't think that's that's going to be possible anymore. But, um, you know, in the next few games, I think they're going to be knocked out of that. But 
you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm not going to count them out as being disruptors. I still think that there's a possibility that they can disrupt some. Oh, they'll, they'll spoil somebody's party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in the, so in that, and that's in the terms of that, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think they're done. But yeah, you know, it's, it's not looking good. But I mean, I'm not mad at what Kenny Pickett's doing out there, though. You, you know, he's slinging the ball around, and yeah, he's, he's trying. It's just, you know, they just don't have the roster right now. He just traded Claypool away um, to Chicago, so. You know, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they look like. You know, without him, um, Seattle's other receivers step up. Yeah. You know, George Pickens. I think now, he, you know, it's go time for him because now he's going to get a lot more targets with Claypool being gone. So I think that's something to watch out for because you know he was already showing flashes, but now he's going to have right. an opportunity, kind of like Isaiah Likely now has the opportunity with us. Um, get more targets, yeah. Just watch out for George Pickens. I think he's going to start picking up. Oh yeah, he's going to, and he's been catching everything that's been thrown to him. Like yep. he, he's yeah. I don't think he's missed the ball yet. <laughs> yep. So he's going to be interesting to watch. Um, the Seahawks beat the Giants. Can the Seahawks yep. win the West? The NFC West? I mean, who, who we got over there? Uh, what is it, the Forty Niners and the Rams and uh, the Cardinals? Yeah, not far fetched. They uh, they are they're, they're they're there, man. It. They're right yeah. there. Like <laughs> yeah, they're in it. And Gino's they're right. playing great. Geno Smith is playing phenomenal right now. The whole team's been playing great. Uh Pete Carroll's been calling great games. Like he might win coach great. of the year the way if they if they keep if they he's win the division over this, they he might win coach of the year. Yeah, he, that Probably. that team that team is probably the the most surprising that people aren't talking about as much. But you know they will be talking about him because Seattle's not going to give him a choice at some point. But the way Geno kind of is having a bounce back season, um, you know, com- coming on late last year and just kind of finishing what he started at the end of the year, but it was kind of too late when he took over. Yeah. But now, I don't know, man. Watch out! Like he he he's looking good. Yeah, um, 49ers beat the Rams. I'm I'm just I'm I'm at this. Point. I think Kyle Kyle Shanahan just has just has Sean base number. They can't beat them. Yeah. Have the Rams ever beat the 49ers in the regular season? Have they ever? No, I don't think so. I don't think Sean McVay's um, ever beat Kyle Shanahan in the regular season. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they had a stat that came up with something similar to that. I don't know if it was like ever or if it was the last several years. I can't remember, but it was close to it. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I don't know, man. And in Forty ers I'm still unsure of. I mean, obviously this trade is is great for them. Um, with adding Christian McCaffrey to a team that already has Debo Samuel. I mean, what else do you want? Share the wealth, right? Um, but those 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 guys are going to be dangerous. Something to look at. That is a team that I would not want to face if they made it to the Super Bowl somehow. Um, before we move on to the preview for the Saints Ravens. Browns demolished the Bengals 32 to 13. Um, I turned this game off at halftime. I think it was tied, if I'm not mistaken. And I woke up and I saw the score. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Mario wait Cooper, a minute. No, so, okay, at halftime, the Browns were up 11 to 0. It was 11 to 0. It was an odd number score, whatever. I was like, okay, it's 11 to 0. This is a trash game. It is what it is. Then the Browns just went off on yeah. the Bengals and hit. I'll yes. say this. I'll say this right now to all the Bengals players, to all the Bengals fans. This this year is not last year. All that mess y'all were talking at the end of the season, y'all were the new kings of the north and all this other stuff. Nah. <laughs> nope. Y'all ain't yeah. it, man. 
they getting a real good taste of that humble pie right now. Yeah. Yeah, y'all especially still the without, Bengals. Especially, <laughs> especially without uh, Jamar Chase, y'all are definitely still the Bengals. And, um, y'all are still the Bengals, man. Saw the effects of that. Um, I thought T. Higgins might have might have had a bigger day than what he had. I think he could be a number one on somebody else's team as well. Yeah. But yeah. Minus, minus Jamar Chase, you know, they kind of neutralized that. And um their offensive line is still bad. Um, yeah, it's bad. Cleveland yeah. had them under duress all night. And that that kind of made the difference of the game. And and Nick Chubb, I mean, he's him. <laughs> Nick Chubb yeah. is him. He's gonna do what he does. And and Amari Amari Mid Cooper, um, he had one of his up games. So you know, there's games where you, you know, he's not present, and then there's games where he goes off and makes game winning catches and long catches and all kinds of things. So Amari Cooper had a great game, even though he had a bad drop, but he had some great catches in that game too. Yeah, yeah. So their their offense was actually looking okay without Njoku being on the field and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, and we needed that too. You know, we needed them to kind of win because I think Browns had like two wins before that game, so now they got three yeah. wins, and uh, they kind of yeah, balanced us solely in first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll take it. I'll take the help. Um, so moving on, to Ravens Saints Monday Night Football. You're going to be in New Orleans. Uh, I know you can't wait. Um, you're leaving to tomorrow or tonight? I'm gonna. We're gonna leave uh, Saturday. We're gonna leave Saturday. Saturday okay. Go down there. So we'll be there on a Saturday to like Wednesday. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we have a good old time down there. So as uh, so of right now, on the injury report, it just came out. Uh, Michael Thomas is also gonna have a surgery on his toe. Um, it appears that he's gonna be out for the rest of the season. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's just he's gonna be out for the rest of the season. So he's he's out. Um, Mark Ingram's out too, right? Mark Ingram is out with a knee right now. Marshawn Lattimore is dealing with an abdomen issue. He didn't participate today. Uh, Landry was a limited participant. Um, and some other uh, guys like linemen and stuff were limited participants as well. For the Ravens, um, Stanley was a resting day. Houston was a resting day. Campbell was a resting day. Gus Edwards did not practice today with a hamstring issue. Uh, Mark Andrews, like you said, where we don't know what the prognosis is. We heard about Gus be, being that long term, so I don't know if he's going to play. He'll, he'll probably be a game time decision right now. Um, and then Marlon was unlimited. Marcus was limited. Tyus was a full participant today after recovering from his Achilles injury, so he's a full participant. Wow. Josh Bynes was a full participant today as well. And David Ajabo, a full participant today in practice. So. Wow. They said the expectation is that Bowser will make his make his debut in the Saints game, but they're going to let Ajabo uh, play after the bye week. That's the expectation. Oh, oh, that I love that. He'll, he'll practice all week, it said. They sound like he's going to practice all week, but they won't play him until after the bye week. Yeah, and depending on how the game goes, I mean, I, I think we definitely should have ties available, but... Yeah, you know, if it's, if it's going a certain way, you know, we don't need them. I don't. Then pull don't them, them, them out as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. have them on the pitch count. Um, yeah. So you know, the 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 Saints have, you know, they've been struggling all year. Jimmy Winston goes out with an injury. Uh, they went to take him hill for a little bit, and then you know, Andy Dalton's been their guy for the last several weeks. Um, they they've been playing better as of late. Uh, Alma Kamara's had some pretty decent games, I think, in the last couple weeks. Um, yeah, he's, he's gotten back into the fold. They've gotten him back into the fold for sure. Um, Andy Dalton, I, I'll say this. Andy Dalton is not what he was when he was in Cincinnati, destroying us, destroying the Ravens defense. Um, 
he's definitely not that guy anymore. But he's a he's efficient enough where he's not he's not turning the ball over. He's not making too many mistakes um, where they can keep them effective in the game. Now, what the Ravens have done done a good job of lately, though, has been being able to stop the rush rushing attack. And I think yeah. bringing Roquan Smith now into the fold is definitely going to help that for the Ravens. Yeah. And with Michael Thomas being out, and you got a rookie in Chris Olave being out there, um, and then Marquez Callaway, I, I think that if if Roquan can be as an immediate as impact as we think he's going to be, um, and the, the Ravens defense holding these teams to around twenty points. I know they're playing in New Orleans and they play t- and they're playing on turf, so that's another thing to look out look out for as well. Um, that I still think though that Andy Dalton is they're not going to do enough where they're going to be like the Ravens are going to be out of it. Right? There, there's I think even throughout the game, even if the Ravens aren't winning the game outright, they're going to have they'll be within striking range to win the football game in this game. Um, okay. Now I get the Gus Edwards situation. I don't know what's going to be the, the deal is. That means they're going to probably have to run Justice Hill and run uh, Kenyon Drake out there, you know, as a running back. So you know they've been iffy week to week. We don't know what we're going to get out of them. Um, but like we were talking about earlier in the Buccaneers game, now with the emergence of Isaiah Likely, maybe you start to see that spread formation for that Ravens offense be a little bit more prominent going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, allowing we saw Lamar had a lot more felt a lot more comfortable <clears throat> have way more command in that offense than he did when they were running that three tight end sets whatever um, right. giving Lamar the options to get the ball out quickly to guys I think we've been talking about that for the last few years you know stop running these deep 20 yard 25 yard routes get get the ball two yards three yards get the ball in these guys hands let them make plays you know right um Got now. Look, I will say, the last time the Ravens played on turf, Kenyon Drake had over a hundred plus yards on in Russia. Yeah. This could be a Kenyon Drake day. <laughs> he could seems be. like he, he could he plays well on turf, and it could be it could be a game for him. You know. Um, now the Ravens, in like I said, an injury report for the most part on defense, they seem pretty pretty healthy for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Clay is Campbell I, back this week. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had a rest day today. He had a rest day today. Okay. So uh, we'll see tomorrow. But I think he's gonna he's gonna practice this week. Um, but I think this is a game that I think this is a game the Ravens can handle. You know, yes, it's a three and five team. You don't want to take. Them, I think the Ravens are don't have the luxury anymore of taking anybody lightly at this point. You know, we we've gone through too many games now at this point where the Ravens should have won and have lost to teams that they should have beaten. And not just beaten by one score, but like beaten handily. They should have beaten them by 14, 15, 16 points. Right. Like, and you lose those. Like, they, they can't take anybody for granted at this point. And like you said, you just come off a game where Alvin Kamara had, you know, what, uh, not the, the recent game, I think it was, but the um, yeah. was the game before that. Was the game before that? You had four touchdowns? I think, it was a, I think it was a recent game. I think he just did that. Like three uh, or four touchdowns, I think. They just came. I think they just coming off a win. Both of us coming off wins. So I think it was that was a game where Alvin Kamara okay. went crazy. Let me see. I'm about to look up his uh his stats real quick. Yeah. So he had two. He had one rushing and two catching in that. So he had yeah. six, yeah. two yards on the ground and 96 yards catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
So the game so plan should be simple on defense. <laughs> that'll be interesting to see who they put on who they put on Alvin Kamara. Do you put Carl Hamilton on him? You know, do you put Patrick Queen on him? You know, because like Alvin Kamara catches a lot of the balls usually at the line of scrimmage for him, usually. Um, so it, it's not like he like Patrick Queen would have to play in coverage too much. Like he could mm-hmm. see the see the guy, get the guy. <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. get kind of so. Um, I think this is a game the Ravens can handle. I think with with how that offense performed in the second half of that Buccaneers game, I expect this to carry over into the Saints game. What do you, what do you think? I do too, man. I, I expect that to carry over. I mean, that game plan in the second half um, against the Bucks worked too well for you not to build off of that. Um, so I think they do come into the Saints game, Saints game with that in mind, um, with that mindset. And I, I hopefully we start dominating from the get. I mean, what we're looking for in this Monday night game is a complete football game. This is something that we've yet to see from Baltimore is them playing well in all four quarters of the game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how we can try to get to that point where we can play a complete football game and actually dominate a football team. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, obviously, you know, Alvin Kamara, like we just discussed, he's back. You know, he hasn't scored a touchdown all season up until the last couple of weeks. It was his first time scoring a touchdown. So, he, you know, Mark Ingram being out might have something to do with that as well. Um, but he's back in, in you know, in his 2019, 2018, 2017 form, um, 2018 form or whatever, whatever year he got in, he's back to that form and he's uh, he's scoring at will. So the game plan is going to have to be definitely to neutralize him. Um, I'm not as concerned with him as a rusher, but he does pick up yards, as a, you know, against certain teams. He does pick up a lot of rush yards, but I'm more so concerned with him getting loose in the flats and things like that. So if we can take care of that, clean that up, I think we'll be okay. And um, also Chris Olave. I mean, he he's also going to be a threat. So we're going to have to, you know, get him off the line. I mean, I, I, I want to see some press, some some press coverage, to try to bump them and get them kind of staggered off the line, um, and just just try to di- disrupt them so we can get time to get to the quarterback. Andy Dalton, I'm not really threatened by, but he has gashed us in the past I'm not saying that that's going to happen again or even that he's even the same quarterback from back then like you said but you know it's just one of those things where I don't want to sleep on it I mean we did lose to Daniel Jones this year so yeah. you know it's not it's nothing to sleep on and also they got Taysom Hill who comes in on certain plays and sometimes he plays QB and sometimes he's running the ball so it, it's going to be one of those um, it, this is not a typical offense that we're preparing for this this offense has options just like kind of like our offense has you know they have rpos and things like that gadget plays so we kind of have to be prepared for all of it we haven't really seen that type of offense this season but like you said i think we can handle that um coming into this game and on offense man i just want to see like you said just exactly what we saw in the second half i'm gonna keep it very short and sweet I, i like that we're playing on turf um i'll you know, with, if Gus doesn't play, I, I don't mind it because I think that's going to open, start opening things up for Doove as well. I think they're going to use him a lot. They might use him in some couple plays in the backfield and some reverses a little bit more, maybe some of the hitch routes where you can catch it on the outside and just hit up the sideline. Um, so, you know, with, with, you know, sometimes our personnel dictates what we're going to do. And it seems like when we have everyone there, it seems like our playbook is more limited and the, the more people that are out it seems like we kind of expand the playbook which is you know beyond me but whatever 
I'll take it. So, yeah, more the same. Um, run, run the football. Get them tired. Um, maybe run some play action, depending on how successful we're running the ball. And, and I think that's where Lamar can really shine. It's just, you know, open it back up like we used to, you know. Run the ball so well that, you know, they might get caught slipping in the pass game. So we can probably cash them down the field. So, yeah. I just think a, a heavy a heavy dose of Drake if Gus doesn't play, and a, and a heavy dose of um, Lamar and, and that play action, and I think we'll be fine. And a heavy dose yeah, of Drake. Yeah, I, I expect I'm always uh, always asking you for that. I think this is imperative. I think on the offensive side of coaches, and especially, you got to start sticking with with what works. Like I, we can't keep seeing weeks right where they go by without using. The, the schemes and plays that clearly have been working for this offense. Yeah. Like, th- there's no time for that anymore. You're getting ready to go into the bye week and into the second half of your season, where you're st- now you're going to have a multi- you're going to have most of your division games. You're going to play the Steelers twice. You're going to play the Browns again. You're going to play the Bengals again. Like, you're going to end at least like the last, I think five or five out of the seven games are against division opponents. So yeah. you can't, you cannot be, a, you can't afford to. Let's try this. Let's try this. No, at this point, you got to go with what works. Bateman's out for the season. Right? He's done. He's out. Um, Deshaun Jack, I don't know if he's going to play at this point. I don't know if he's been elevated from the practice squad yet. I haven't heard anything. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I also expect um, – I expect Roquan Smith to make a statement in this game to kind of set the tone for this defense, you know, uh, I know they've been playing well the last few weeks and keeping guys at, you know, under around 20 points. But they've there have been times in each of these games where you're sitting here scratching your head like, why did they do that? Like, they're sitting here letting this team crawl back into this game again, right? They've had that, that happened in the last game against the Buccaneers. Like, it's there are moments where it's, it's a point where you have to shut it down as a defense. Like, you're done. That's it. And we haven't seen out of this. Do you see this defense? keep teams around 20 points but they've been they've been on that seesaw you know they're going to be able to stop this they had to block a field goal and all this other stuff in a couple games now to win the football game so it's gonna it's got to become a point where the ravens on on the defensive side of the ball shuts it down locks the game down like the game is over and this game is over it's a wrap and the same like you said we want we need to see a complete game from special teams from defense and offense, how many times have we seen during these games where the Ravens will score a touchdown, right? We're all excited. Then the very next play, the special team gives up a 50-yard kick return or something like that, you know? Yep. Or the defense gives up a touchdown right after the Ravens scored a touchdown. Like, we, we need to see the Ravens just control the game, you know, for 60 minutes. We haven't seen it yet. And um, close on the turnovers, please. Right, and closing on those, right. How many times... We've seen now the, the botch punts, fumble recoveries, and interceptions where the Ravens special teams and defense have given the offense numerous opportunities in the opponent's red zone to score touchdowns, and they have either come away with nothing or only three points. So I mean, they gotta start, they gotta start being getting to that mode of now you're entering the second half of your season. We're looking at the playoffs now. You know, are we gonna be able to say in the, the next six to seven weeks that this Ravens team can compete with the likes of the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, and playoff, 
you know, can the Ravens sit? They're going to have to get into that mode now. They're going to have to find what works, find out what works, and stick with it. You got to get Lamar into rhythm now. Lamar has to start feeling comfortable. Lamar, for the first time at the end of that football game, was actually smiling at the end of that football game. Yeah. Like he was yeah. happy. He was happy with that offensive scheme at that second half. He loved, he loved it. You could tell he loved it. Yeah. Very, very uh, different from what we've seen. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get your guys, your star people, making sure that they're impactful in the football game. And Lamar for weeks has been struggling, playing hero ball, trying to make things happen. The offense is not working. But finally, in the second half, it seemed like it was working, right? They, 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 no matter what the Buccaneers did, they couldn't stop it. No matter what the Ravens were doing in the second half, the Buccaneers could not stop it. And I think that they go into that mindset with that same kind of scheme. Let's let's play that for the whole game. Make adjustments during the game. Let's not wait till halftime. We see something. Let's address. Let's go attack it. You know, let's not wait. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm, again, we we're, we're waiting to see this. I'm hoping to see it Monday night, going to the bye week. Everybody's happy. Everybody's good. You start bringing a job back into the fold. Gus Edwards is healthy. Maybe Marcus Williams makes a, makes a, makes a comeback. I think J.K.'s got another couple weeks out before he gets ready back on the field. Um, but this is a game where you need to set – when you're getting ready to go into everybody's going to go on vacation with the family or whatever like that for spend some time with some friends, feeling good about how they're going to get ready to go into that second half of this season. Because they, the way it is, we're going to have to go win this division if we want to shot in the playoffs. Yep, agreed. All right. So before we get out of here, let's uh, let's let's get some scores. Uh, I'll go. I'll go first this time. I'm going to say they haven't done it. They haven't done it in several weeks. But I think it's going to happen this week. I think the Ravens put up thirty. They put a dominating game together on offense. Um, I think the Ravens score. You know what? I'll say 32 uh, Saints 21. Okay. I was going to say 30, actually, but I'm going to go ahead and up it. I'm going to say we're going to put up 34. Okay. 34-20. Uh, 34-20. I think we went about, okay. about 14. Okay. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we I think we dominate this game. I think we dominate yeah. this game, and and after the game, I can go enjoy myself without being in the. Oh bad yeah, mood. go to Bourbon Street, man. It's, look, I, yeah, uh, that's the not far from all the action is in the French Quarter, man. So you, you, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm you know, in the French Quarter, so I'll be. I'll oh be man, around. you have a good old time. <laughs> yeah, you already I'll, know. I'll, you already know. I'll be I'll be around, but like I said, we need and, to get that W. Yeah, I think uh, Ravens fans tend to travel well to New Orleans. If I've noticed in the past, in the past games they played in New Orleans, Ravens yeah, fans tend should, to yeah, we sh- yeah, New Orleans and Atlanta, we we're like almost yeah. full attendance there. Yeah, so if the Ravens pull it out, you know, there the should be enough enough for y'all to do. <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so have safe travels and everything. Be safe. Have fun. Hopefully, the Ravens you know pull it out and everything. And um. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the Ravens get this W and we go into the bye week and, you know, next week we'll go ahead and kind of give our assessment for the first half of the season and then kind of talk about the second half of the season coming up. So it's we've been waiting for this season to get here and already we're at the 
we're at that point now. <laughs> yep. Flies by, doesn't it? <laughs> it flies by a little too fast, if you ask me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but that's it for this show. And uh, Friday, peace. Peace.